Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. I'm News Nation senior national correspondent Brian Enton, and every week I'll take you behind the scenes of my life on the road, working on the big stories you care about the most. Here's where I'll share all the great interviews that don't make the final cut. Some might be funny, some might be strange. They're all a part of the puzzle I'm putting together every day to inform you. This is Enton Across America. Hey everybody, this is Brian. I hope you're having a good day, a good week. I want to focus this podcast on some really significant developments when it comes to BTK, the infamous serial killer, Dennis Rader. Um, You know, it's long been rumored and there's always been this speculation that he could be involved in other cases. Of course, they only linked 10 murders directly to BTK, but there's always been this feeling that there could be more victims out there. There's never been a lot of proof of that, but now... A major significant development. Uh, We got word that investigators from Oklahoma, Osage County Sheriff's Office deputies and the sheriff himself were in Kansas where BTK's house was and have permission and have been digging in BTK's old backyard in an area underneath where a shed once stood. We had a reporter out there. We got video of them digging. It was kind of under a a sidewalk area. It's hard to really recognize the area because um, the house was sold to the city and it doesn't look quite like it it was. The house has been torn down, but it's this area under what used to be a shed. So they started digging. They said it was possible that Raider was connected to other cases. And they actually found things, including pantyhose. And investigators in Oklahoma say Raider is now a prime suspect in a number of unsolved cases dating back decades, including the 1976 disappearance of Cynthia Dawn Kinney from Oklahoma. And they now say that items that they have found while they were digging out underneath where that shed was uh, may actually be connected to that case and to others. Again, really, really significant. Uh, We didn't know that that there had been this sort of secret investigation going on for quite some time into Dennis Rader, BTK. Uh, I know BTK's daughter, Carrie Rawson. Um, I've interviewed her a number of times. She is now a a victim's advocate. She detached from her dad a long time ago, obviously knew nothing about him being a serial killer, had to go to therapy as a victim in her own right, and has now devoted her life to helping other crime victims. And 
I've become friends with her, really, from doing interviews with her um, and getting to know her. And it turns out she has actually behind the scenes been assisting investigators in Oklahoma with this entire investigation. Um, She cut off her dad, hadn't seen him in 18 years, actually had to file a protective order against him, didn't want him to contact her at all from jail. It was just too traumatizing. Uh, And come to find out, I talked to Carrie and uh, I knew something was going on with Carrie because we stay in touch, we text. She kind of alluded to, to things happening that she was involved with, but I, I, I never pried. I'm very respectful of Carrie and her situation. And again, I, I consider her a friend now, so I never try to cross the line. I know she deals with a lot, but she'd, she'd kind of alluded to something going on a couple of times over the last few months, but... I didn't want to push. Well, it turns out behind the scenes, Carrie was working with investigators trying to get new information out of her dad. Um, She had cut her dad off, as I said. They hadn't spoken in 18 years. She actually agreed and went out and visited her dad, spent three hours with him several different times um, in prison trying to help these investigators nail down if there was any truth to him being connected possibly to these murders in Oklahoma. I want to read you something Carrie sent me. Um, She put together sort of a statement that sums up her involvement in this ongoing investigation. She said, um, on August 22nd, 2023, I became aware that Osage County Sheriff's Office investigators from Oklahoma and Kansas Bureau of Investigation agents assisted by the Park City Police Department were at the Park City, Kansas site where my childhood home originally stood, working active investigations into possible missing persons and unsolved murder cases allegedly tied to my father, Dennis Rader, the BTK serial killer. These cases predate his arrest of February 25th, 2005. In January 2023, I became aware of the missing person case of Cynthia Cindy Don Kinney, a 16-year-old cheerleader who disappeared from a laundromat on June 23rd, 1976 in Oklahoma. In June 2023, I became aware of the unsolved murder case of Shauna Garber, whose remains were found near Pineville, Missouri in December 1990. And in June 2023, I contacted the McDonald County Sheriff's Office in Missouri to offer my volunteer assistance on the Garber case. I was quickly connected with the Osage County Sheriff's Office, to which I offered the same aid and was promptly flown to Osage County, Oklahoma, to assist on both cases. So she told me that later, too. They flew her out there to help. Um, I've returned since to the Osage County Sheriff's Office to work in a volunteer capacity as an active agent of law enforcement, assisting on these two cases, including visiting my father twice in the El Dorado Correctional Facility. My March 2021 do not contact order was legally lifted via assistance from EDCF, the Kansas Department of Corrections, and the Kansas Governor's Office. Again, as I explained, she had a protective order because she didn't want her dad sending her any messages anymore, emails or mail and anything. They had to take that away so that she could go out and visit them, visit him to help police. I'm going to keep reading. Beyond these two cases that have been released publicly, I'm not at liberty to discuss other possible missing persons and unsolved murder cases that are being actively investigated as possible as possibly committed by my father, nor can I comment on my direct assistance in the investigations. Multiple law enforcement agencies are seeking long-sought answers in decades-old missing persons and unsolved murder cases in the tri-state of Kansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma, and possibly locations that extend beyond that area. 
The past spring, federal transaction immunity was offered to my father in the tri-state area by a federal district attorney's office to give my father a chance to confess to any other violent crimes he may have committed from roughly 1963 to 2005, giving decades-long grieving families long-sought answers, and in return, my father would not be charged in these cases. At this time, all avenues of justice remain open. And she goes on to thank law enforcement and say that she hopes that you know some of these families get um, get justice through this process. At this point, Carrie tells me that her dad has not been cooperative, did not give her any information that would officially connect him to any of these cases. Uh, her dad has also met with investigators from Oklahoma and has not given them information from what we know that connects him. And he even did an interview with Fox Digital um, and said that he didn't have any involvement. Is he lying? We don't know. He's He's been kind of an attention-seeking person, you know, psychopath, whatever you want to call him, serial killer. Um, so it's interesting, you know, that he wouldn't have sort of confessed this earlier just looking for attention, but... And I'm going to get to this later in the podcast when I talk to Jennifer Koffendoff where there's a possibility and a reason that he may not want to confess to these specific murders in Oklahoma, which um, you'll hear Jennifer explain. It has to do with the death penalty. Um, but, you know, my heart goes out to Carrie, BTK's daughter. Again, someone I consider a friend. It's been through a lot, as you can imagine, has always tried to help others. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Made the choice to detach from her father... Um, and now has gone back into that very complicated, twisted relationship to try and get answers for other grieving families, which I, I can't even imagine. Not to mention Carrie has had COVID and was in the hospital with COVID when all of this developed. Um, like I was on the phone with her last night and she was literally in her hospital bed, like the nurses were coming in and out and she was telling me all of this. So... She's a really, really strong woman, um, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. If he is, in fact, connected to these other cases, it's possible he's not. But the fact that they dug up some of those items in the yard says a lot. Um, I was able to interview Sheriff Eddie Verdon. He is the sheriff um, who is over this investigation from Osage County. He was out there during the dig at BTK's old house. He's also personally spoken to BTK. Um, I interviewed Sheriff Verdon with the latest. I'll listen to what he told me. And joining us now with more on the search in Osage County, uh, we've got Sheriff Eddie Verdon. He actually oversaw the dig. Uh, Sheriff, thank you so much for being with us. I know your office has described what was found as items of interest. Uh, Sheriff, can you give us any more detail on exactly what you dug up out there at BTK's former house? Well, yes, yesterday was our actual second time that we'd been to that location and done a dig. So originally there was a building in that location. It had been removed back when they removed the house and the other items. And then a sidewalk was constructed right over the top of the site. 
So basically through our investigation, we developed some information Dennis had sent to another person describing where items uh, that he basically claimed as trophies and maybe driver's license from other victims had been placed and had not been found. On the first trip up uh, under the edge of the concrete, we found uh, a set of pantyhose that appeared to have been uh, possibly tied around someone. Mm. And from that information, we went back to Park City and visited with KBI. And yesterday they removed the concrete for us to actually look where uh, the, the information said those items were buried. And in those locations, we found several items that we feel like uh, could possibly relate back to victims or maybe to binding shoes with victims. So you found pantyhose. Are you able to, to link those pantyhose at this point to any specific case? Well, at this point, they're, they're collected and they're in and they'll be evaluated later time to see if there's any DNA or any type of evidence that could be related. Any other items that you can share that, that were located? Sheriff, I saw we have the video. You can see where the sidewalk was split. I assume that's where the shed was at one point. Any other specifics on the items that you found? Well, you know, I can, I can tell you the items were all probably 14 to 16 inches below ground. One of them uh, appeared to be a manufactured, uh, uh, constructed uh, hole that, that had been lined with composition shingles to possibly protect the brick at the bottom as, as kind of a base for that. And then items have been placed in there. Uh, we did not find driver's license, but we did find uh, items that would be personal type items that uh, obviously were significant for somebody to go through that effort uh, to place those items there. And again, the information that we were working on was originally created by Dennis back in 2008, sent to non-law enforcement. So we have no idea whether someone else had removed items from that location prior to that sidewalk being put there or not. Wow, this is a big development though. The fact that you found uh, items that could be significant, including the pantyhose. I'm curious, Sheriff, you've actually went and, and talked with BTK Dennis Rader several times yourself as part of this investigation. What was that like? Has he been forthcoming with any information related to these these cases that you're looking into? Uh, we, we've had long conversations, interviews. Uh, you know, information has came out that we feel is uh, very relevant to our case. And then going through items that we've discovered and, and been shared with other law enforcement on, uh, you know, the search originally done back in 05, those items have, have tied in. And uh, from, from those documents, we believe he's, he's tied in with our case and our prime suspect and possibly on several other cases in Kansas and one in Missouri. Yeah, it's my understanding that this is almost a game to him, that he calls this whole investigation that you're working on something about like following the Yellow Brook Road and that he's even nicknamed you the cowboy. I mean, do you get the sense that he's taking any of this seriously? Oh, I think he's absolutely taking it seriously. But again, he's had a, a history of cat and mouse with police since the 70s up until his capture. Yeah. And I don't expect a change now. Well, Sheriff, incredible work on your part all these years later, knowing where to dig and finding those items. Uh, we'll certainly stay on top of the investigation, and we appreciate you joining us today.
You bet. Thank you. So obviously the sheriff remaining tight-lipped with some things with the investigation, but making clear that they found items out there, uh, including the pantyhose that could be really significant. Um, I wanted to expand more. I talked to Jennifer Koffendoffer, our News Nation um, legal contributor, law enforcement contributor. She's also a former FBI agent. She's also actually from Kansas uh, and knows a lot about the BTK case. Was curious what she had to say about these latest developments. Um, this this is my conversation with Jennifer. Okay, I want to go now to Jennifer Koffendoffer, News Nation law and justice contributor uh, to help us break all this down. Jennifer, you just heard that. I mean, this is new. This seems significant. Not only were they digging, but they found items that the sheriff says uh, are important that could be related to the investigation, including the pantyhose. I mean, this is all brand new information. Right, Brian, it's so significant. Uh, they specifically talked about not only the pantyhose, but it, then he also generally said other binding materials. He talked about items that were personal. And so I take that as possible trophies from these victims. And this could help them solve these other peripheral crimes, peripheral meaning the ones he hasn't been charged with yet, to bring other charges and more importantly, closure and an explanation as to how and why and when these other victims lost their lives. And you've been studying this case for a long time, Jennifer. You're actually from that part of Kansas uh, originally. One thing that I struggle with is it's always seemed to me like BTK loves the attention. I mean, he talks to reporters. He likes to be the center of attention. He likes all of this focus on him. It just seems odd to me that he wouldn't have somehow hinted at being connected to these murders earlier on. Well, there's so many hints out there, Brian. I remember, of course, living there from about 77 until about 87. And during this time frame, of course, was when he was very active and part of that time frame. And the letters that he was sending to the Wichita Eagle and Beacon, which was the newspaper there, to Cake Radio, uh, to the uh, television station there, it was really something, um, the different uh, things he talked about. We, we heard cat and mouse. This was an extreme example of that, Brian. Uh, this was just dangling a little clues yeah. and just basically saying, catch me if you can. One thing that I could think could be an explanation is the fact that there is the death penalty in Oklahoma. Is it possible he doesn't want to fess up to these specific crimes knowing that that could actually lead to an execution? Brian, it's a perfect point. Yes, I think absolutely. He was terrified of the death penalty. Uh, he pled at the last minute, unbeknownst to anybody. He also stood silent, which I also thought was interesting. So yes, Brian, I think he wants to avoid the death penalty at all costs. Seems like that could be an explanation. And just real quick, Jennifer, I want to get some breaking news in involving Brian Koberger uh, out of Idaho. This just happened. He has now waived his right to a speedy trial, which means that that October 2nd date, that we were also focused on for the trial. That is not going to happen. It is officially delayed now. Uh, it seems like that's not really a surprise to most people following the case, Jennifer. That's correct. Not a surprise at all, Brian. We expected that a motion to continue. As soon as we heard that the stay was not going to be allowed, this is what we expected. So, and it happened. So we'll see. This could now be happening sometime next year. Uh, Jennifer, thanks for being with us as always. It's good to see you. So I really find interesting this theory that perhaps the reason BTK is not confessing to these specific Oklahoma murders is because of the death penalty in Oklahoma. Um, that could really, uh, that could be an explanation if, if it's true that he's connected, why he didn't come forward sooner. 
Um, it's long been said, you know, he was he was scared of of uh, being executed, and that's why he confessed early on to the killings that he's connected to in Kansas. So that could be an explanation. Um, obviously, we're going to stay on this story. Again, my heart goes out to Carrie with everything she's going through, and of course, the other victims and the families of these other missing women in Oklahoma who haven't had answers for so long. Hopefully, this leads to something for them. And and even if if it turns out that BTK isn't connected to their cases, let's just hope that the that this latest development sparks a new interest in those cases, and law enforcement will continue to investigate. Uh, we'll of course be uh, be keeping an eye on all of this. see what i'm up to next make sure to tune into news nation uh, if you don't know how to watch us i know we're still kind of new you don't know where we are on the dial you can go to www.joinnn.com you just put in your zip code and the channel finder and we'll show you where to find us and also don't forget we are on all the streamers hulu roku youtube tv uh, and if you have a story you think that i need to know about just find me on twitter you can shoot me a dm and i'll make sure to look into it i'll catch you next time on enton across america